Hey, business building warrior, I've got a treat for you today. Welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio Podcast. I'm the normal host, Jim, nothing normal about me really, but typically I'm the host on most episodes. Today, we've got a couple guest hosts, however, who are going to take over here in just a moment. I've been encouraging the coaches on our team, several of them, to begin creating content for us. We've always done that. They create a lot of the courses and the trainings. The Proven Amazon course is full of dozens of training modules that have been created by our incredible coaching team. If you've never heard me say it before, we've got about 60 coaches, all of whom are very successful running businesses based on the strategies you hear us talk about all the time on this program. They're proven Amazon course students first, and then they succeed, and then they show they have a teacher's heart, and then we recruit them as a coach. We've got 60 of those great people around here. Two of them you're about to meet today, maybe for the first time. They've been on the podcast a few times in the past, but I've been encouraging our leaders to step forward and maybe do a podcast episode every once in a while with some of the things that they're noticing as they're coaching students through the content and the training that we offer around here. What are some of those common themes, common questions? How could we share some of that insight and wisdom with the larger podcast listening community? Speaking of large podcast communities, we just had our best week ever for this show around 30,000 downloads for the week on iTunes, blows our mind. Thank you so much for sharing this show with the people that you love, people that you know it could help. That's our marketing. When you tell other people about this show, we don't spend any money on marketing. It's all word of mouth. I'm not against spending money on marketing. It's just we've never done it. We haven't needed to. Our community continues to grow at a nice, healthy pace. So we're just kind of letting word of mouth, organic marketing do its thing at this point people telling other people that they like about us. And we found that it's a lot easier for a friend of a friend to teach someone to know, like, and trust us than it is out there constantly recruiting strangers. So we love seeing our community grow that way. But today you're going to meet Brian and Robin. Brian Olson and Robin Joy, they are going to be our guest hosts today. Now, because this is the first time we're doing this, I'm doing a bit of an extended introduction just to kind of set it up why we're doing this. As I've already told you, I'd like to see our leaders stepping into new roles, using their voice, sharing what they know. I would say all the coaches on our team are way smarter than me on so many things. It's very rare that I'm the smartest guy in the room on just about any subject. So to get them in front of you, diving deep, talking about these topics is going to serve you very well. Now, if you're brand new around here, maybe this is one of your first podcast episodes, or you've only listened to a few, here's what we're committed to. Just so you know, this is the show's format. Typically, is we bring you a guest, which is a student who we've taught either through the Proven Amazon course or through coaching, and we've brought them up to the point where they've got an exciting story to tell. They've faced the challenges, they've put in some blood, sweat, and tears, they've made some mistakes, and they've also had some big victories, and they're sharing that story with you. That's the typical format of most of our episodes. But we do want to mix in some other episodes, and our community continues to tell us, hey, if you've got great episodes for us, if you've got things to teach us, keep cranking those podcast episodes out there. We may end up as a daily podcast at some point because we've got a great team with a lot of really smart, creative people who are solving a lot of interesting problems in the arena of e-commerce and Amazon every day. Let's get some of that content out there. We're very open-handed, very transparent. Here's what we know. Let's teach some people some things. So today, you're going to hear Brian and Robin tackle 
some very interesting topics. I listened to this before we rolled it out to you, and I learned a couple of things that I didn't know. It was pretty cool seeing how they've dove into the weeds with some of their students and solved some interesting problems and challenges. But let me just tell you this. If you're new, another thing you need to know before we dive into this, if you're brand new, please listen to some of the other podcast episodes and don't think that this is what's typical today because this is, I would say, like level two type of stuff for the most part, meaning you've already got some momentum. You already know what it's like to run an Amazon business. You've been around a while. Typically, when I'm hosting podcast episodes, I like to spend a significant amount of time making sure that even the newest of new people feel welcomed and and filled in. And while Robin and Brian do a great job today of exactly that, filling you in on what the terminology means and the acronyms and that sort of thing, it's not necessarily content that's going to be 100% useful for someone who's brand new, still considering, still getting started, right? So if that's you today, I will tell you, go to silentgym.com. If you're watching this instead of listening, I'm pointing silentgym.com slash intro video, all one word, intro video. That is a 20-minute video where I walk you through replens, the Amazon strategy that we've taught to thousands of students, all those success story students you've heard on our program, 95% of those stories are from our replens training. The proven Amazon course contains all of that all the modules, including this more advanced stuff that you'll be hearing some about today. If you've been around a while, you're going to really enjoy this episode because it's kind of like I said, level two. You've got some momentum, you're making some decisions, you've put some money into your business, some time, effort, and energy. You've got some momentum. Here's where you can really benefit from these types of conversations like the one we're about to have. So what are the topics that we hit today? I loved learning about the new uh, MCF multiple channel fulfillment options that Amazon offers. I learned a lot about that from today's episode that you're about to hear. As Brian and Robin discussed, multi-channel fulfillment, meaning you can sell products from any website and Amazon will ship them to your customer. And you can now set by default, as you'll soon learn, unmarked boxes. So people aren't confused placing an order on your website and getting an Amazon box and thinking, oh, maybe I should have just gone to Amazon to get this where they see a different price, for example. Yeah, you want to use that multiple channel fulfillment, multi-channel fulfillment service if you're selling inventory that Amazon has on other websites. And you talk about where you can do it, where you can't do it, who it's a good idea for, that sort of thing. It's really cool segment. Now you kind of start there. We talk about managing and uh, mitigating the risk of your Amazon replens business as it grows the whole inch deep, mile wide, the strategies there. They talk quite a bit about that. How to know if you should buy a replen or not based on how it looks. It's a very common thing and even new sellers will run into this. You see a product on the shelf and it's like, oh, this is an exciting replen. But then you look on Amazon and the picture looks a little different. The barcode is the same maybe, or the font has changed. When is it okay to sell against a product that may look a little different. What are the lines in the sand there? And they dive into that topic and topic and handle it very well. It's a great segment because I can tell you this, you don't have to have an exact match of every element of the products, let's say uh, packaging to have a good match for a replan. And they talk you through where those lines in the sand are for them and where they probably should be for you as well. Uh, we discuss how many units you should send in when you're testing. That was an interesting part of this the discussion as well. I'm testing out a new replan. How many units do I send in? How do I decide how many? How do I know when it's a good test? Great segment. 
And then finally, Amazon's in-stock Head Start program. If you're not aware of that, they dive into a little bit of how that can make you think your inventory is just not selling when really all that's happening is it hasn't been checked in yet. <laughs> it just hasn't been checked in yet. You think it's been checked in because it's available to sell, but it's got like 10-day delivery time. Well, that's because the product is still in transit and that will affect your sales negatively, unfortunately, because customers will see your price and your inventory 10 days out because it's still in transit to Amazon. And you'll think, well, nothing's selling. I have to drop my price. I have to get down to competitive pricing. No, wait till it's actually checked in. That's a great discussion about the in-stock Head Start program that Amazon's launched out there. It's a good thing, but it can actually encourage sellers to drop their prices way sooner than they should or need to in order to move inventory. So enjoy that episode today with a great healthy discussion on those topics and a few other bonus things moved in there as well. But I wanted to spend some time, like I said, doing an introduction, telling you how much we love and appreciate and respect the work that all of our coaches are doing. And today, as you meet Brian and Robert, you're going to start to see why we're so excited about our coaching program. I hope other coaches will be doing this along the way as well. I'm certainly encouraging them to do so. Hey, if you're in our coaching program, encourage your coach. Hey, when are you going to do a podcast episode? And when am I going to see your face on Silent Sales Machine Radio? You should do a guest episode appearance based on this topic that we're talking about right now. I think it would help others. So if you're in our coaching program, encourage your coach. They're all welcome to step up and do this. And we'd love to hear from them and see them start to step into that new leadership role, serving this community in a fun, creative way. Very long introduction today. I apologize for that, but I really wanted you to hear from my heart on why we're doing this, what you're going to hear today. And I promise my introductions as we do these in the future will be much, much shorter. But let's get into the content today with my good friends, Brian and Robin. Enjoy. All right. Welcome to another episode of Silent Sales Machine Podcast. Special guests. <laughs> We're calling this Coach's Corner. I don't know. Maybe we'll come up with a better name for it at some point in the future. What do you think? Sounds good to me. What we want to do here is give some ideas about some of the things we come across as coaches for Jim Cockrum Coaching Program and see if we can't answer some of the questions that we are commonly asked for everybody in this kind of podcast. Great. Tell me who you are. I'm Robin Joy. How do you do? <laughs> hey, Robin. Brian Olson here. I know you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got a rough format we're going to cover today, but let's start off with kind of some news. What's in the news lately? Like we just are finishing up. We just finished up Q4. Um, everyone was like probably crazy busy through the end of November and was uh, probably looking more at the their daily sales than they were at the news because every available minute we're trying to enjoy the season, right? Spend right. time with friends, family, and loved ones. While we have uh, some of our busiest times of the year in our business. Right. While we're kind of celebrating and reaping the reward from all the hard work. Mm -hmm. So um, what did you pick out? Well, you're talking about uh, Amazon news, news from Amazon. I'm talking about right? Amazon news. Yep. The news that we okay. would see in the when we log into Seller Central, when we see on our mobile mm -hmm. app. What have you? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I saved a news article from Seller Central recently, and it was about MCF, multi channel fulfillment. And it says in that article that they are going to start sending all MCF orders with a few exceptions. And you'll have to look at that article for, for the exceptions. But 
they're going to send it in plain packaging automatically. So you don't have to pay extra to have it in plain packaging, but non-Amazon branding on those MCF orders. Great. So MCF, gosh, we're all over the acronyms, right? You can't escape it no matter what business you go to. But multi-channel fulfillment, explain to me what multi-channel fulfillment actually is. Multi-channel fulfillment is a way that Amazon has where you can sell on any platform, Facebook Marketplace, Mercari, eBay, any uh, Walmart, any uh, marketplace, you decide whether it's okay or not with you between you and the marketplace. But if you have things in Amazon warehouses that you want to send to a customer who bought, for instance, from you and your eBay store, you don't want to have to have that shipped back to you and then send it to the customer. Amazon allows you to use multi-channel fulfillment to send that item directly from your inventory in Amazon to the eBay customer or the customer on the other platform or a friend or yourself if you want to. Okay. So I have to have inventory in stock in the Amazon mm-hmm. warehouse. And right. like we use Joe Lister to cross list our uh, listings from Amazon over to eBay. And right. what we found is that some items, some types of items sell well or sell better even on eBay than they do on Amazon. Mm-hmm. But the listing, like we have to be in stock on Amazon in order for us to actually sell something on eBay. And, if we're using Joe Lister, we do, right? Yeah. And if we're going to send it from Amazon's warehouse through the multi-channel fulfillment program, then yes, we do need to be in stock in a Amazon warehouse. Right. And then, so then when we get the eBay order, actually Joe Lister, and this is not a pitch for Joe Lister at all, but can take care of all that for you, right? Oh, we sold it on eBay. Joe Lister can go create the order, the MCF order for you on Amazon, and then go ahead and ship it to your customer. That's right. And in the old days, then that that uh, package that your customer got would come in an Amazon box with Amazon tape, and they would know, wait a second, what is, I got this thing, I thought I was ordering from eBay, and it actually came to me from Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yep, now that's no longer the case. It's not going to have Amazon branding on it anymore with a few exceptions. Okay, okay, great. Now, I was looking up some other MCF or multi-channel fulfillment things in Mm -hmm. the news section. I found another one that came out a couple of weeks before that, but I figured it was still relevant since we're talking about MCF, and that is that they are increasing the rates for your multi-channel fulfillment. Uh-huh. And and so um, they don't specify in that article exactly how much they're going up, but if you find that article, which we can put in the show notes and then click on the link once you're logged in to Seller Central, then it'll give you the breakdown of what the increase is. But in exchange for that price increase for the basically the FBA fee, right? To have the item mm-hmm. shipped to your customer, mm-hmm. they're going to give you the ability to do the nondescript packaging and they're going to increase their shipping speed. So the oh. default shipping speed when you were using multi-channel fulfillment without having to pay any extra was a seven-day fulfillment window. And so mm-hmm. if you were, sold it on eBay on Monday, then the and this is probably seven uh, business days, mm-hmm. wouldn't get there. Uh, it could have up until the following Wednesday to get there mm-hmm. using that uh, MCF service from Amazon. Now they've shortened that for the default fee to five days. So we're oh, saving, yeah, saving two days there. That's good. They are charging a little more for it. So you want to check your price on each item before Absolutely. you list it. Yeah, But that's really a nice thing to have. I think that'll help me a lot in the things that I sell on eBay to be able to shorten that um, delivery window. And you still can order it uh, priority or 
faster if you pay more, even more than that, right? Yeah, they yeah. You give can, you those choices. Yeah, you can still do uh, priority uh, and expedited shipping. So two and three day options are still available. It just costs you a little bit more. And you still get heavily discounted rates when you're shipping two or more things as well. So much better um, from Amazon multi-channel fulfillment. You're using the Amazon, the power of Amazon's, you know, uh, purchasing power, their discounts with UPS and Postal Service. And I don't know if you can still do FedEx there or not, but. Okay. Anyway, lots of great stuff with MCF great. as we start to add additional streams of income to our business. Now it makes it much easier. When I go to Facebook and say, hey, I want to sell this thing and I will offer free shipping, it's something I have in the warehouse and I can you know, have it shipped from Amazon. That's great. Yeah, I like it. Okay, so that's uh, that's what we found in the news today that we want to talk about. Can you tell us, Brian, some of the questions that you've been getting asked, some common questions that we get from uh, coaching clients from the yeah, Jim Cochran program. Yeah, the next section of, of this particular episode is going to be some of the questions we get asked a lot and what is our response as coaches. Okay. So the first one is, uh, I think this came from you in one of your sessions today, in fact. So hot mm-hmm. off the presses, as they say. <laughs> um, how should I address a listing where the packaging is different, but all other things about that product seem to line up to be a perfect match. So the packaging mm-hmm. has a new updated logo or a new updated coloring scheme, whatever, but the image that's um, out on Amazon is the old one from who knows how long ago. It could be very old at this point because let's face it, unless you are the brand owner, it's virtually impossible to get things updated these days. I mean, some updates are still happening, but uh, but if you can't get the picture updated and you're selling the newer version, how do we know that's okay? Well, I'll tell you, the way I answer this question is, if you are sure that it's the same item and the customer is not going to be upset, if you were buying this item and you got this new packaging and that's not going to make any difference to you, you feel like the customer is going to feel like that, then I would go ahead and, uh, you know, as long as it's the same size, the same volume, the same ingredients, whatever the situation is, I would sell on that same way. This happens a lot in the grocery category, in the um, health and home category, things like that. So consumables, it happens a lot in the consumables. So I would make sure that, and then a second place I like to look is in the comments to see, has anybody been commenting saying, I didn't get what I ordered. This wasn't what the listing was supposed to be for. Are they complaining? And that would help you to know if this is, you know, going to be a problem for you or not. What do you think? What do you say? Yes, I agree. I especially love the tip there around checking the comments. That's something Mm -hmm. that if, as a consumer, if I have questions, that's one of the first places I'm going to go. And then it also brings up another caution flag for Mm -hmm. me if that happens. If it is unclear the listing is unclear about maybe the title mm-hmm. doesn't match the picture or the bullets or something like that is a little, it, it doesn't line up. And you see a lot of questions at the bottom of that listing is like, Hey, this says four pack, but I only got two or, yeah. you know, you know, as some we see it all the time. This is such a ripoff. It said six pack and I only got one. And we, yeah. you know, theoretically that is going, getting much smoother these days. If it's, harder to update the listing picture, then it's certainly harder to update the title too, right? Um, mm-hmm. And any of the uh, of the details in the listing. But you're right. Just going down there, checking out the comments. People are asking, is this the 14-ounce version or the 21-ounce version, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that will help give you some clues. Right. 
I agree. All so right. The other thing I would just, the other caution sign I would throw up there is just be super uber careful right now. Can you be super and mm-hmm. uber at the same time? But <laughs> be uber careful because what happens, we're in this inflationary period, right? It's really been impacting you know, the United States anyway for the last year or so. And with inflation, you'll see changes in the market that are beyond just the price, right? Mm-hmm. There's a term out there called shrinkflation. And sh- shrinkflation is... You know, this thing used to be a 16-ounce bottle of whatever, and now it's a 14.8-ounce bottle of whatever. But it mm-hmm. looks it's the same. The listing on Amazon says 16-ounce, and if you get caught filling that with a 14.8-ounce or a 15-ounce, whatever, you know, it is, even 15.5, you're going to be subject to complaints and potentially having to answer to not only your customers, but to also Amazon about making sure that you're sending in the right stuff. Mm-hmm. That is true. That's a good point. And as we know, there are no black and white issues. This is your business. You want to treat it. You want to make your own decisions. We're just kind of letting you know what we would do, what we've seen works for people. So, you know, these are kind of those gray areas where you have to make a decision when these things come up. Am I going to sell on this or am I not? And I would say one of the things that we need to always be careful of is if it adds a little bit of risk and you haven't built your replens list yet and you're looking for to grow replens, if you only have a few, keep your risk low until you have a lot of ASINs to spread that risk over. Yes, so I'll just great add point. That comment. Uh, well, last thing on the, uh, at least for me at this point, on how to tell, can I send in the updated packaging? If yeah. the UPC code matches. So if you're checking out that listing detail page and in the product details section or whatever on-page calculator you're using, they generally are including, they're mining the uh, UPC code from farther down the page. If the UPC code that is on the listing, if it has one, matches the product in your hand, and mm-hmm. the, even though the packaging is different, for me, that's that's a green light. Like I know I, I'm, I'm good to go with that. If I ever get questioned, I can say, no, this is an exact match for what the manufacturer or the brand you know, states this product is. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. If it matches, then you're good to go. If it doesn't match, you might have to do a little more research and Absolutely. Uh, make a, make a decision there. Yep. Yeah. Right. We, we try not to say always, never exclusively yeah. guarantee anything like that. And certainly if the UPC, if there's any other things besides the UPC code that are in question, you know, take that all right. into consideration. It doesn't mean go whole hog. And by the way, it's only a test, right? So yeah. we're not going super deep on this right off the bat. Right. If we've never sold it before and we're looking to build our replens list, then we're going to test it first and make yeah. sure everything's going to go okay before we go and, and buy some more of those and start replenishing it regularly. So good point. Uh, the other thing, just to piggyback on that a little bit, is, hey, what's a good number to test with? How many should I send in for a test? Right? I think you and I both say different numbers, right? What what number do you say? Well, yeah, I think you're right. And I think this is the beauty of the business, right? Like mm-hmm. every, this is the reason everyone's business is different is because mm-hmm. I approach it a little, even a little bit more differently than you do. So when you're and making we have the, the shopping same list, we have the same business. Um, <laughs> when you're making the shopping list, it looks a little bit different than when I make the shopping list, right? I would say this, regardless of uh, how fast it sells, I'm probably only going to ever send in max six on a test. Because I agree with that. It's a test, 
right? right. I, if the test goes well, then I can go get more and potentially go deeper at that point if I find that it's a very fast-moving ASIN. But yep. the whole point of a test is, let me get something in there. Let me right. see if anything happens to my account. Let me see if, if a brand complains. Let me see if I you know, get started getting okay. questions from clients or from potential customers, whatever, right, about the product. Let me see if it really does sell for what I need it to sell for. There's the other thing, right? Maybe the mm-hmm. most important one. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that's that's the point of a test. And I cannot stress enough how important it is to test items before you put them on your replans list. I say three to five. And the way I make the decision, whether it's three or whether it's five, is how much confidence do I feel about the information I have? If I have all great information and I can see clearly that it's always been doing this, it's going to keep doing this, and that's enough for me, then mm-hmm. I'm probably going to test a few and, and it has enough sales uh, mm-hmm. that there's room for me. And I'm probably going to test more towards the five. Mm-hmm. But if I most of the time, I'm going to test about three. Okay. Well, let's rabbit trail this just for a minute because another thought came to me as we're talking through this, and that is, well, I have to spend $90 to get free shipping from this site, and so that's going to give me like 20 units instead of six. What should I do? Mm -hmm. And what do you say? What do I say? Well, I'll Mm -hmm. let you answer this question first. Okay. So my answer is, if you told me I have to, if I can do it by buying five then I think I'd probably go ahead and, and make my test five and give that would be my reason to do that if I feel, you know, fairly confident in what in the information that I have. But if it's 20 and I haven't tested it yet, it's not worth it to me. What I might do is take that source and see if I can find some other items that I can test three each of. Maybe I have 12 items, three each of them, and that meets my free shipping. That's a good way to go. Spread okay, it so, out. Yeah, spread it out. So go go wider, right? Mm-hmm. With, with from the same source. So if you have yes. to spend X amount of dollars at you know whatever dot com site, then see if you mm-hmm. can find. As long as you're sourcing that from that site, now dig into that site a little bit and see if you can find some other things. Right. That's what I think. I would say. What do you think? So I think that's a great answer. Um, I would also just be willing to entertain the fact that even if I didn't get free shipping. Mm-hmm. If I knew what my long-term cost was going to be on that, and if I could still find a way to break even or make a little bit of profit on it for my test, right? Yeah. Then pay the shipping. Yeah, I agree with you there too, because sometimes I will buy things locally that I might buy a little bit more on, mm-hmm. but I have a source that I can get it cheaper. I just need to buy more of them. I'm going to te- I'm going to go to Walmart and buy that first buy three of them, see if it does what I think it's going to do, even if I don't make any money on that test. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I think that's a valid answer as well. Okay. Well put. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Do you want to lead us into our next qu- common question? Yeah. So a lot of the questions I have been getting lately and I've seen in my silent team Facebook group have to do with the in-stock Head Start program that Amazon is it has had for a while, but is using almost all the time as far as I've seen lately. Now, what that is, the heads, the in-stock Head Start program is a program where Amazon can make your item available the minute you drop it off at UPS in a lot of cases. So when I price an item that I'm going to test and I say, okay, I'm going to see if I can get it to sell at this, this price, 
and I send it into Amazon, then it's going to be available to the customer right away in, in a lot of cases. It's going to be to, cut available to, to the customer. It'll be available for them to buy, but they're not going to get it to right buy. away. That's right. But it's going to say available maybe a week or 10 days from now, not within what I call the prime window. And that's something I made up. But a name that I've given to that 48-hour window that we know prime buyers expect when they're using their prime accounts, they expect to get it within 48 hours because that's that's the promise, right? If they don't notice that it is 10 days out, they're probably going to notice that when they get it in the in their basket but they may go ahead and buy it but they might cancel it too so the thing that i'm concerned more about though is the fact that i get a lot of questions of how come i'm not selling this this product yet it's been available for a week as a for instance right and so then we go and look at the listing and we look let's say brian's brian's toaster pastries is available for me to buy and it's going to get to me in 10 days. But someone else has Brian's toaster pastry, I mean, uh, these toaster pastries from another store available in 48 hours. They're mostly going to get, they're most likely going to get the buy box if there is one, and they're, you know, priced for it. They're most likely going to get most of the sales because Amazon has set itself up to be a shopping within and receiving within 24 to 48 hours. A lot of times, even, you know, you can get it within the same day, depending on where you live. So the customers depend on that and they've set up for that. So what I say is don't worry that you haven't sold it yet. You're competing against people who have it available sooner. You're not competing on price. You're competing on time. So wait before you get concerned about it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So we're talking about what is it? It puts your product available for sale basically as soon as UPS checks it in. But Mm -hmm. that delivery window for your stuff is going to be two, three, four weeks out, right? Yeah. And then we hear, well, I sent my stuff in last week. I am the lowest price. How come I'm not selling or how come I'm not in the buy box? And what you were talking about is, okay, well, let's go in and look at all the sellers, the, all the offers on the listing. And mm-hmm. normally, the way that you will see it, if if all things are equal in terms of, of uh, delivery time, it'll be sorted on price, right? But if all things are not equal in terms of delivery, then it'll sort it by delivery window, right? You can have this one, you know, next week, you can have this one the week after that. And this one you can't have until, you know, six weeks from now. And then I say this one, I mean, from, you know, from those sellers. So mm-hmm. when you have sent your stuff in and you're the lowest price and nobody's buying from you because you don't mm-hmm. have a buy box, most likely, then that's actually by the plan, right? Isn't that by, by the book? Is that how you would expect it to go? What is how I would expect it to go? That I'm not selling it because because oh. I'm at the bottom of the list in terms of my delivery date. Right. So it right. doesn't help me to lower my price anymore. That's right. It doesn't help you right now. It doesn't help you at all. Yeah. You know, you'd have to really, really give up some something to make it worth it to, for me to wait 10 days to get that product when I can get it within 48 hours. For basically the same price, right? Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, what, what I mentioned to a lot of my coaching clients is don't even 
And, and what we hear a lot of is, well, my repricer, right? I set my repricer in the range and the right repricer just takes over. Well, maybe there's a way to, you know, not get too super aggressive on your pricing until your item is in the prime window, as you say, right? Yeah. I think repricers are going to have to catch up with this. And I've heard that there are some that do take time into consideration, but it's still it's still a variable that's not been handled. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I have seen in this because of this program is that the buy box gets taken away from the listing. So then I've looked at several of these listings where people say, you know, well, there's no buy box there or the buy box got taken away. Why did it happen? Because they've sold it. The buy box has been this price before the same price as me. But nobody's within the prime window and they've taken the buy box away until somebody gets in the prime window. So the buy box goes in and out. So if you are depending on a buy box for your sourcing, it's just gotten harder. So again, the buy box does not have to be the most important thing or an important thing at all when you're sourcing. Okay, great. One last question on this. When or why would this be a good thing to have in your business? You know, when it's a good thing is when I can send it in and sell it even though and get the price that I want and not have to reprice it, even though they're not going to get it for a while. That's a customer's choice, not mine. Right. So that's a good thing. It allows me to give the customer that option much sooner than it would be if I had to wait until it was available in the warehouse to send the customer within 48 hours. So I have more chances to make a sale, especially if I'm the only one. Uh, sell an FBA. Yeah, that's the you hit the nail on the head there. That's where I was going with this, which is if that listing was out of stock and I'm sending it in, all of a sudden I'm in stock. And if it's a highly sought after item or it's got you know relatively good sales velocity, then as soon as it becomes available for sale, I could be selling it. Yep. And there's a good chance also just if you watch kind of the cycle of your sales, that if someone does buy that, they actually get it before Amazon projected that they would get it because guess what they interrupt that when it's that item is on a truck and it's on its way from florida to you know i don't know alabama it might make a stop in tallahassee and they're saying you know what pull this off and we're going to send it to the customer from here and then getting it much sooner than waiting for that item to reach its final fulfillment center destination before they actually send it to the customer yep all right good well i think we've covered two great topics here of questions that we get uh, asked quite frequently um, mm-hmm. as coaches. So any, let's, I think we, we chatted about this earlier. We'd like to leave everyone with some encouraging remarks. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you start with those. Okay. Well, one thing that I would like everybody to remember when you're building your replans list, if you're new at that, at this, let yourself be new and remember you're testing everything before you, before you decide it's going to go on your list and rebuy it and replenish it. Test, 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 and it's only a test. Mm -hmm. So don't put that weight on your shoulders that this has to go well, or I'm, you know, my business is not going to go well. It's only a test. Some of them will pass. Some of them won't. You probably won't lose money if you test, you know, and make sure you know where your break-even point is and stuff. You probably make a little bit of money, even if the test doesn't pass the test and meet your minimum requirements. So yeah, just, Take the pressure it's off yourself. You don't yeah. have to have a million dollar business in your first month, right? Um, yep. Remember, especially if you're just getting started, um, you're not good at this and that's okay, 
right? It's yeah. gonna, it, it doesn't, I know we all hear the success stories and we see them. Mm-hmm. I started, you know, just a short time ago and I've got this great business and, and it's right there for everyone that just shows you, but, you know, give yourself some credit, give yourself a, a chance to get up to speed with your new business, your new processes, your new way of thinking, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, yeah, I agree. And the all last right. thing I will say is remember that if you ever run into a problem with any of your ASINs, like you get an IP complaint, you can't find it anymore, um, it's been discontinued by the manufacturer, so you got outpriced on something and you have some in stock, what's the solution to that problem? Just get more ASINs, more ASINs, more ASINs, more ASINs. Put you know what more solves that? Yeah, you know what solves that problem? More, more ASINs. More yeah. yeah. Let's So just keep on building your ASINs, keep adding to your replens list. Um, you will be amazed what your replens looks, list looks like after a couple, two, three months of doing sourcing. And as you spread that risk, it'll hurt less when something happens. Mm. I promise. And something will happen, right? Things happen. That's yep. right. Yep. So, okay, great. All right. Wonderful. Hey. Thanks so much, Brian. Hey, thank you, Robin. Look forward <laughs> to talking with you soon. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me today on today's episode. But before I let you go, I've got a special guest. Once a week or so, we bring in my good friend, Mr. Jeff Schick of jeffschick.com. He's our go-to expert for all things Amazon legal. And I love the stories he shares, the real world examples. He's got a large client base of Amazon sellers, a lot of them from our community that he serves. And he's always got something new and interesting to teach us. So Jeff, what have you got for us today? So I am teaching something about, you know, I'm a big advocate, you know, an ounce of prevention is a pound of cure. And so I'm always big about finding solutions that prevent people from having problems in the first place. And so today, what I'm going to advocate for every seller to do after they hear this episode is to go into Seller Central and do what's called an inventory audit. Now, that sounds big and scary when I say it, you know, using the, you know, words like that, but it's, it's actually rather simple. A common reason that people run into issues on Amazon, it can be IP claims, it can be suspensions, it can be listing violations, whatever it may be, is because sometimes listings change. So the listing that you listed on maybe three months ago, maybe a month ago, maybe two years ago, may not be the listing that you're still listed on. So how do you do an inventory audit? Well, it's it sounds complicated. It's actually rather simple. I like to say, go, first, go through your active listings. You know, if you've got, you know, a thousand listings in your catalog, but only 200 in stock, let's not waste valuable time on the ones that are inactive until you sell those again. But when the ones that are active, basically you want to go one by one, click on each one, look at the product detail page, you know, first look at the, pr- the brand attribute, make sure is that brand what you purchased? Is it the same? So, you know, I bought a bottle of, you know, Dawn dish soap. Am I still listed on a Dawn dish soap listing? And if the answer to that is no, then you know, go ahead and chuck it, delete the listing from your catalog and recall the inventory. It's not worth the risk. Next, you know, assuming that it passed that first check, we're going to look at the title. So we're going to look at how, how is it written out? Does it look like it's properly formatted? Again, does that product that's in the title match what I'm selling or is it confusing? Sometimes people run into issues because another seller goes in and edits the title. So like, let's say it's a multi-pack and you're selling, you know, two boxes of dishwasher tabs. And maybe each box has a hundred tabs in it. Well, you might have listed on it, and it said, and it was a two hundred pack was what it was listed, or t- it might have said two boxes of one hundred when you listed on it. Another seller might go in and say a two hundred pack. Well, that could be confusing to buyers, so because they don't know if they're getting two hundred packages or one box of two hundred 
packages or 200 you know, tabs. Sure. So, so you want to make sure that it still makes sense to what you're selling. You know, think of it from the consumer. Like if you saw this listing and, and dumb it down because we're smart Amazon sellers, we know how to read listings, but the average person doesn't. So dumb it down a bit and just say, if I was, if my grandmother was looking at this listing, would she know what I'm, what I'm selling here? Right. And if the answer to the title question is yes, then now we keep going. So we look at bullet points, we look at descriptions, we look at pictures, just want to make sure that everything on that listing is as it was when you first listed. Make sure that there were no major changes. Other things you can use, you know, Jim, you and I were talking earlier, there are solutions out there, both paid and free, um, that you can actually monitor listings for changes. So, you know, if that's something that you're interested in, you certainly can can invest in those resources, but even doing the DIY solution still works for a lot of sellers. So, Yeah, I know there's tools out there and I I don't remember what they're called. I've heard of them. A Google search would probably show it to you, but you can set up an alert for yourself. Anytime a website changes, let me know. And you just right. put an alert on that website and then it monitors and looks for any changes. And you can look at only certain sections of the website. Like I don't care if the buy box rotates and the seller of the day changes. I don't want to know about that. I just want to know if the description and the quantity changes or any of the major details from the listing change, please alert me. And right. you'd mentioned a couple tools, uh, Feedback Whiz, is that, wasn't, isn't that what you said? Yeah, so Feedback Whiz, they used to primarily be a feedback company, but now they um, also do all sorts of like listing monitoring. So, and they're owned by the same group that owns Tactical Arbitrage, I believe. So Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And then Carbon 6 was the other one you mentioned. Yeah, they've got an alerts tool as well so that they can monitor okay. listings. So. Okay, and, and then I've seen free tools. A, a little Google search and a Chrome plugin of some kind, there's tools out there that'll let you monitor portions of a website. So you say, hey, on this ASIN, I want to monitor on Amazon for any changes on this page, please alert me. And that way, if someone changes it from a 12-pack to a six-pack or vice versa, you can be alerted and you can make sure that your inventory matches what's being sold rather than waiting on 10 customer complaints to stack up over the weekend <laughs> and yeah. suddenly you know you've got some violations from Amazon. Yeah, great tip, man. I love it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. That's, that's the you know that's that's an inventory audit in in a nutshell, but you know that's I do recommend sellers do that, you know, whenever you have time. I mean, you know, if, you know, if you've got we used to have the saying in our family business, you have if you have time to lean, you have time to clean. Well, think of this as your time to clean. So, I mean, you can even if you know, if you're watching a football game and you don't really care about it. You can, you know, bust out the laptop and just be, yep. you know, yep. one eye on the TV, one eye on the screen going. Well, through, we're even know, training up some virtual assistants for our community right now to, to do account health monitoring. And this sounds like a great feature to add on. I mean, we could train a, a VA how to do this very thoroughly, very quickly. And right. to, so, that'd be a great thing to add into our arsenal for sure, in which we, I'm sure we will be doing just that. Yeah. But, well, thanks for the tip, Jeff. I appreciate Absolutely. it. And just remind everyone who's listening, you can go to jeffschick.com. There's a link in the show notes today. Get on his retainer program. Very inexpensive, a great investment. And uh, we're, we really love working with this guy. So we'll do this again real soon. Okay, Jeff? Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. See you soon. See you. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.